G'day folks and welcome. I'm Chris Faber. And I'm TJ Stedman. And you're listening to the Answers to Giant Questions podcast coming to you from sunny Western Australia. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of the Answers to Giant Questions podcast. For those of you with a long memory, you remember that our first episodes contained the sweet sounds of birdsong because they were recorded in my backyard. And with today being Australia Day, I thought what better way to celebrate than get back to nature. So I am once again out in my backyard, so if you hear the beautiful sounds of Australian wildlife and Holden Commodores doing burnouts, then you'll know why that is. And I am joined virtually this morning by Doug Overmeyer of CSC Ministries. G'day, Doug. Could you please introduce yourself for those who haven't heard of you and your work until now? Hello, hello, and thanks for having me on. It's really an honor, and I appreciate the opportunity. So, yeah, I'm Doug and Sears C Ministries. So unlike some of your guests, I am not a Bible scholar. I'm not an academic, and i sort of a lay person, have been a lay leader in a few churches. I'm not a lay leader now in any church. I started this website, this ministry, SearsC.com, just how it sounds, for to help people who see spiritual things or see things in the spirit realm to help them understand or at least put a framework onto what it is they're seeing. Um, I do I do not see spiritual things. I And I use the word seer. I, I'm a little bit, I don't know, a, a, a little bit edgy when I use that word because it rubs some people the wrong way. But I'm just trying to make it clear that I call people who see spiritual things seers because they're seeing things that are typically unseen <laughs> by most of us. I again, I don't see spiritual things. I, I don't think I ever have. Occasionally, I'll have a dream. I'll make it a prophetic word for somebody. But for the most part, I'm, I'm not that sensitive to spiritual things. However, there are a lot of people who are, and most of the information available free on the internet is from a pagan mindset. You might say a new age mindset. To me, new age is a very old term. It's like a 1980s term. Let's just call it what it is. It's a pagan mindset, a, a framework from a pagan perspective. And it sort of hurt my heart. And the Lord said, look, we need to have some representation of kingdom thinking on the internet. And so about, I guess, man, it's almost it's probably been about 12 years ago now or 10 years ago that I started it, started some articles. And, and I haven't been terribly huge in writing in the last couple of years, but there's the stuff, the content's there, and it's available. All right. That's great. So you recently joined the gang at the Raven Creek Social Club, but your association with them goes back before my time. Tell us how you got involved and what you're working on now. So Raven Creek, I, I, I'm i not sure how in the world I got them. I guess I got invited onto one of their shows, the commentarians or something, or I ran into Emily uh, Dixon, who I'm a huge fan of, somewhere, I don't remember how, but we were interacting, I think, digitally, and um, turns out that she's quite knowledgeable, <laughs> So, and uh, she, pre- she appreciated my perspective um, and the content, so they, I, think we, I think we first got involved on a Commentarians episode where we were discussing, I think, the Frighteners. Which, by the way, I think was shot down there. I think it was shot in New Zealand, actually, but it was shot in your neck of the globe, and um, and just talked about it from sort of the theology behind it. I could be wrong on, on the timing of that, but anyway, over over the years, got to know Emily a little bit, and the Lord last year basically said it's time to join Raven Creek, and and I mean, he basically knocked me off my riding lawnmower. Uh, 
um, uh, and I'm being almost literal, not quite literal, but I was pretty upset with some things going on um, spiritually. Um, my One of my mentors, Dr. Mike Heiser, had been diagnosed with cancer, and the week before, literally the week before, another of my friends who I, I knew sort of in this world of podcasting, uh, Natalie, uh, she, or known to many people as Natalina, uh, had passed away suddenly from cancer. All this happened in one week. We were all on a podcast together called Paranormal. And I was just like, well, Lord, what is going on? And he said, it's time for you to join Raven Creek. You've been talking about it for a year. You need to do it. And I've been a little bit slow. I have a lot of things going on. I have a career. I'm working on a my MBA and I have a family. And this is something on the side. I don't make money on the CRC ministry. It's just a service I do for the Lord and for people to come. But I'm like, okay, you're right. I mean, this is what... This is time to join forces. It's time. So I've slowly been bringing content over to the site. I'll eventually shut down the other site. And so whenever you type in crc.com, it'll go to the Raven Creek part. And then I have a, a small podcast. I've kind of fallen off the podcast bandwagon in the last couple of years. But my cohort, my one of my partners, his name is Jerry. He does see in the spirit realm quite clearly. <laughs> um, and he and I have a little podcast. Uh, he's actually been on contact with me and saying, hey, it's time to get kind of get this sucker going again and he's good at kicking me in the rear when it's time to you know when i'm off you, you know as a just in a discipleship sort of way he's good to call me and people need the content and i know they need the content and we have a lot to talk about um spiritually to help people who see spirits and really to help parents of kids who see spirits to help pastors you know if you're a pastor i guarantee i can't guarantee but you're you probably have people in your church that are so spiritually sensitive they can see in the spirit realm and they're afraid to say so. And it turns out they're a huge asset to the church. They're a huge asset to to people. And they just need to be mentored and discipled in a Christian framework, lest they go off into a pagan framework. And it's really yeah, a, it's a right. gift. These people are a gift, you know, and it's it's anyway, that's kind of yeah. a roundabout way of how I got involved. And I met Emily last year and She's amazing, and I'm looking forward to growing our ministries together. Yeah, that's really cool. Actually, I wanted to thank you, Doug, because uh, you were kind of indirectly and accidentally involved in getting my book and everything that's come from it uh, to actually happen. And wow. I haven't told you this. Uh, so uh, you were... You were on a podcast I was listening to, and it, it probably was Paranormal or, you know, one of those. Someone someone asked you what podcast you were listening to, and I was just like a sponge, just basically, you know, anything that comes from one of uh, Mike Heiser's shows, that's immediately in my shopping cart. So, uh, yeah. you know, I hear someone recommend a podcast, and I go, right, I'm, I'm checking it out. So... Uh, I subscribed to Faith and Other Oddities um, moments after uh, you mentioned it on mm. one episode somewhere. I can't even remember where it was. And uh, so I started listening to that show. And, of course, uh, as you say, it is very good. And there was a point where I was listening to it and I thought, man, this is so good. I should tell them, you know, so I... Uh, sent a, a message to the uh, 
Facebook page and and just said, yeah, I really appreciated the show. Next thing you know, I'm in a conversation with Emily that just kind of continued for months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just wow. a lot of back and forth. And, um, yeah, we uh, found that we got along really well, had a lot in common, uh, as I think you and I do. And one day Emily said, look, I know we share the same worldview and uh, I've got a paper that I want to uh, – submit online but i just want someone to have a look at it first make sure i've got all my ducks in a row do you mind having a look at it and i said yeah sure i'll do that so reviewed this paper for her and then she said um you know feel free to uh you know i don't mind returning the favor and i went as a matter of fact (laughs) i've got a manuscript (laughs) and I said, you know, would you mind having a look at this book that I'm writing called Answers to Giant Questions? And she was like, you know what? I was kind of hoping you would ask. So, yeah, she was actually pretty keen on that. And she became my beta reader for the book. And at that stage, it was some 500 pages. (laughs) Wow. And, yeah, she just chewed through that. Uh, gave me really good, really useful and important feedback that really helped to shape the book uh, to become much better than it had been and ultimately gave me the final form of the book uh, after working with her feedback. And, yeah, that is how my book managed to get into a, a state that I was happy to publish. And through continued interactions and whatnot later on, uh, eventually Emily said, oh, hey, I just realized I haven't asked if you wanted to do your podcast that you're planning uh, with us. That's awesome. And I said, you know what? <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. So there we the are. Lord is bre- the Lord is breathing on, on that. Uh, and I think I know where he's breathing it too. You know, we just get to cooperate with what he's doing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's an exciting time. There's a lot of stuff coming together uh, with the Raven Creek family. Anyway, there you go. I just thought I'd uh, share that with you, a little bit of Providence. (laughs) Yeah, that is. That's that's neat how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned, of course, your ministry and CSC. And yeah. uh, and all that, and we we talked very briefly about uh, the fact that there are people who see spiritual things in a way that most people don't. Uh, yeah, they wonder uh, if you could maybe give us a, a bit more of an idea of uh, how that works, what it means to be a seer as opposed to some popular notions that people might have, and. Uh, what we could look at in the Bible to illustrate that idea. Sure. Well, it all started when our daughter, our first daughter, was reacting to things that we could not see um, when she was quite young. And my wife and I really, really struggled with that. My wife is a clinical professional uh, who works with children. And there was just, this wasn't in the book. <laughs> this wasn't in the class. She wasn't, um, didn't have a mental, like a chemical imbalance going on. She wasn't hallucinating. She was seeing something. And I, what 
I, this is, I started researching it, trying to figure out, I needed a framework to understand what this is, and then also to interpret what it is she was seeing. That's how I ended up discovering Dr. Heiser's stuff and um, some other, many other works, read a lot of stuff. And I, it, basically, Tim, some, some people are born with this ability. But it's a it's a gift. And I think Christians don't have a good thinking, generally speaking, about spiritual gifts uh, because in, because in our English translations are, are sloppy when discussing uh, spiritual gifts, particularly in First Corinthians. So, you know, it, it's an ability some people just have. They're just super sensitive to spiritual things. And is it something in the brain? I don't know. I went down that trail once to see if Maybe is it some like brain chemistry and, you know, who cares, who cares? What I discovered is people were like, oh yeah, man, it's the pineal gland, man. You take this drug and it opens up this gateway to the spirit world and you can see stuff. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem safe. You know, that's not kingdom thinking. That's not, you know, it's like, well, how about we let Lord, the Lord turn on the little doorway, you know, the little gateway in the head to see things. So I kind of went away from that mentality and it's just, it's just an ability some people have. Other people are not born with it, but they have a spiritual encounter. Uh, sometimes they get saved or something else happens, and then suddenly it's switched on, and they can see spiritual things. And it's it's really strange. And I mean, when I see spiritual things, I mean some people see demons, and some of them see angels. Typically, it seems like people see the dark things more than they see the light things, uh, pro- probably because there's a lot more dark things on the earth right now. But Sometimes they see little hybrid creatures. I mean, and, and it's just as clear as day to them. Uh, my daughter, she was young and pointed to the patio door, you know, the glass patio door and said, who's that man? Because there's no man, you know, we couldn't see a man. So some man was outside. Was it a man? That was, I'm not saying it was human. It was some spiritual creature. I had a, a young seer visiting with me once in my office and she just casually asked, uh, do you pray over your house? And I said, well, yeah, I pray over my house, of course. I'm just working on my computer. And she, and then I'm like, wait, why are you asking that? She said, well, I just saw a spirit try to climb in the window, but he couldn't get in. I'm like, oh, we are a second story window. And like, there's a, a, a tree out there. And then some little monstrous little creature with claws, she said, was trying to get in, couldn't get in. I said, oh, that's creepy. You just watch, this happens to you? She said, yeah, I see these things all the time. I'm like, oh, well, of course I pray over the house. She's like, well, how does that work? So, you know, I, it's just some people are, and they, they just can't. So, there's degrees of sensitivity, too. Some people are very, they see very clearly. Some people only see things that sort of when their senses are, are dull, meaning like at night or when it's dark. You know, whenever the lights are down, then they can see the shadows or see little creatures or things. Other people, though, in the daylight, they, they, they can. Um, mm, and, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I've had a few experiences myself that uh, I I wouldn't say that it just you know it, that that sense is always active any time. As you say, like there are certain mm-hmm. times, perhaps seasons in your life, or uh, right. certain states of mind, or whatever. But um, yeah, from time to time, I've been aware of things and and had to try and categorize them. I mean realizing of course that that's not my normal mode of operation uh if i happen to uh witness some uh strange creature uh darting yeah. about in the shadows uh you know i i, I recognize what it is 
Um, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I've got the the categories for it, I suppose. Uh, but I yeah, imagine have, exactly. uh, for, yeah. for someone growing up with that as normal, that would be very interesting. Yeah, terrifying. Um, mm. Our daughter, so from an early age, we taught her to say, go away in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And just, and then we talked about that a lot. And there'd be horrible times where we would hear her scream that in her bedroom at night, you know, or go in there. And one of our questions was, why do these things come back? I mean, we pray, we pray over the house, we do a spiritual house cleansing, all the things that you're, they, they show you in the movies. Why do they, what's bringing them back? What's the magnet? What's, what's the doorway to these spiritual things coming back and afflicting? And one of the things, when you have a sensitive person in the family, sometimes it starts off like just nightmares. Okay, let me tell you a quick story about that. I Years ago, I used to watch zombie movies. I, I love zombie movies. And, um, and my daughter had nightmares on a regular basis when I would watch some horror movie. And now this is, she listeners, don't over, don't over apply this story to you. Let me get the story out, then I'll tell you the application. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so just one day, my wife and I were fighting about something, and I was, I was in the wrong, and I was mad. I knew I was in the wrong, and I was mad about it, and I was not backing down. You ever ever do that? I don't know. That's where that was my state. And my and so I'm like, I'm gonna put on a horror movie, a bloody one, and and then that will make her mad, and she'll leave the room, and she did. <laughs> and you know, and I'm watching this movie, and these monsters mutilating some some humans on the screen. And the Lord spoke to me and said, "Why are you? Why do you enjoy watching the destruction of that which I love? The image, the image bearers. You, you're watching these humans who are my image bearers. I died for them, and you just you're watching like mutilated on screen. Wow. And it's, it's just the representations. But that's what he said. And I'm like, oh, I had no I had no words. I had no response to that. I'm like, you're right, Lord. Yeah. So I turned it off. And then I fasted. I did the fast of those movies for 21 days. And uh, so and that night, my daughter had a nightmare. Again, she always had nightmares. And, and I told my wife about my fast that next morning. And she said, oh, I was praying for you last night. That you knew you were numbing out, that you were angry, numbing out. And I was like, okay. So she was praying for me, and the Lord spoke. There's a lesson there for uh, praying spouses. But anyway, so I went my 21 days. I, I recorded several of those movies, but I didn't watch any of them. 21 days came and went, and I put a movie on, horror movie, bloody, and I got about 20 minutes into it, and I couldn't watch it anymore. It was too jarring to my spirit, and so I turned it off. And that night, my daughter had a nightmare, but those 21 days, she had not had a nightmare. Right. And I put two and two together and realized that somehow, for me, that that genre, doing that, watching the bloody destruction of humans, or maybe it was the cult movies or something, I don't know exactly— but for me, that opened a doorway to spiritual attack in my family. And my daughter, who's the most sensitive person in the house, picked up on it immediately. Like the enemy somehow picked up on it. So that kind of got me on the path, Tim, that these, these seers, these sensitive people, they are your, they are your spy satellites to, to the things. And, and it also yeah. it was a call to like, what am I thinking about? What am I setting my mind on? Am I setting my mind on sinful things or on, on holy things? Am I setting my, it, it, it got me on this journey towards righteousness and holiness too. 
living a life. So like when I said earlier in the in, in our discussion, what was the doorway to these spirits attacking? I was the doorway to these spirits attacking my daughter because I was I was sinning. And I don't mean it, by watching these zombie movies. I had other sin, hidden sin that I, that I was dealing with, or rather I wasn't dealing with. And those are opening doorways to my house, my household, yeah. my family, and to me. And sin has an impact on us. Yeah. We think secret yeah. sin is just a secret. It's just between me and the sin. But there are spiritual – Jesus said – he said don't just commit – don't just obey the Ten Commandments. Don't even think about violating the Ten Commandments. Don't even fantasize about violating them. Just yeah. as an example, you know, you don't want to murder. Of course not. But don't even gossip. Don't even don't even think about badly on someone. You, you, you don't you're not committing adultery. Great. Don't look at porn. Don't fantasize about the girl you work with. You and Paul goes on and say, take your thoughts captive. Why? Because your thoughts are a doorway to the spirit realm and to letting things in holiness. God wants us to live like who we truly are. And that means taking our thoughts and thinking about God things. So anyway, that's that's all related to our spiritual warfare, you know. That's spiritual, right. Spiritual living. Yeah, and and I certainly found that researching for my book was a challenging time because I was seeing a lot of things. Uh, my wife was seeing things. My children were seeing things, mostly at night. And yeah. this was all while I'm combing through dozens of papers on uh, pagan practices and beliefs and researching all these pagan gods and all the rest of it. I think it is necessary for people to be informed to a degree. And I mean, that's why I published my book. But uh, you've got to be careful where you tread. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. There, were, there were things going on in my house at that time in varying degrees uh upset my family for a while so uh yeah it's yeah it's definitely and, and so that was a sin that you're doing but and it there were you know it exposed you to attack studying that stuff it was necessary it's important for the body i think to have access to these things it's how we think how we think better about scripture and if we think better about scripture we can think better about our lives and yeah. And 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 represent Jesus even better because we're living accurate to who we really are, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I should probably uh, clarify as well that while I'm doing all that study, I mean, I I got a full time job. My kids have got particular needs. My wife works hard. Uh, everybody's just always, you know, we we go until we're exhausted and then we collapse. <laughs> yeah. And right. it's pretty easy for tempers to flare. And I mean, uh, you've talked about anger and and having that sort of thing as a, as a uh, a part of what contributes to having these things happen. And yeah. I definitely think that that was the case in my own experience as well. Uh, you, you just you get burnt out, you get short tempered, and uh, you know things uh, going in in the home that you'd rather not. And mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that contributes as well. Uh, so yeah, totally agree with you. Isn't that amazing? You, you know, when I was disrespectful to my wife, in that specific situation, 
how that was violating a covenant, you know, violating how God, you know, Paul tells us how to husbands should treat their wives. And boy, I'm glad that God didn't, you know, Jesus didn't treat the church like I was treating her you know, at that moment. And I mean, it wasn't abusive, but I just was, I was in the wrong and I wasn't, I was angry, like you said, and all these things contribute, right? Um, this is why so much of my, what I talk about on the website about when you see people, see spirits or whatever, or you're, or you know, doing spiritual warfare, you've got to submit your will to the Lord's will. You know, you got to you got to seek God's rule and and your thoughts, your actions, your finances, your relationships. You got to find God's will in that and seek it, and live live out who you are as the righteousness of of God, and and figure out what that means and how to live it out, and to you know slay uh, slay the sin that comes creeping at the doorway and all. And especially people who are, this is for everybody, but I mean, people who are spiritually sensitive and they, they get, they see this onslaught, they see or see an onslaught of demonic activity. They just need a real safe place to go that where they can rest and their home should be it. <laughs> you know, your home should yeah. be it. I, I've had people tell me, um, people who scoff at the idea of demons and other spiritual creatures being around like, oh, every, you blame everything on a demon. I'm like, no, I, not necessarily, but, you know, what are you saying? There's a demon behind every bush? And I, I've had seers tell me there aren't enough bushes. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and what, I mean, as someone who doesn't see, like, what do you do with that? It's like, uh, look, we, we have the power, because you know, believers have the Holy Spirit. They are new creatures. You, you have power and authority to to live i mean the whole point of the gospel is to be free from demonic powers not yeah. just after you die but starting now i mean eternal life begins when you believe and and that's when you know and that's mean freedom I mean, there's a reason jesus picked passover for to be crucified and it's passover is when god took out the gods of egypt and set his people free so they could follow him that I mean, Jesus was telling something when he picked that day, that feast, because he picked his day, you know, as opposed to the other feast, he picked that yeah. day so we could be free from these things. Instead, Christians submit themselves to demonic torment because of various reasons. So for people who might be still trying to get their heads around this idea, or perhaps they've <laughs> seen something and they're not sure what it is, how do you sort of categorize the things that people see right i get asked this a lot so i see and they describe something and then what is it is it a watcher is it a demon is it a is it one of these hybrid creatures you know that i believe um the watchers were involved with creating and is it what is it an imp a little, little monster and how does that fit in this hierarchy mm. and I so instead is it maybe it's a disembodied human is it a ghost you know it's so I I try to help people just understand so I think of the enemy's forces as something called the domain of darkness the domain of darkness and that comes from uh, the ESV translation of I think something out of Colossians 1 where it says uh, God has transferred us out of the domain of darkness to the kingdom of light Paul didn't mean 
to use it as I'm using it. But I think of it as a domain of darkness. It's, I don't want to call it the kingdom of darkness because they don't have a king. We have a king. They have a prince, and he's he's going to be destroyed. So let's not call it the kingdom of darkness. Let's call it the domain of darkness. And there's a hierarchy of beings. There's you know you have Satan on top, and then you have a, you, you know you have you have a hierarchy of creatures. You have the sort of fallen sense of God. You have watchers. You have you know maybe you have just different hierarchy. And I, I worry less about what the creatures are. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like if you're in a war, like a physical war, and someone comes at you with an M16 or an AK-47 or maybe a, maybe a, a 45 pistol. Does it matter which weapon it is? <laughs> you know, or maybe it's like it's a private who's coming at you or maybe it's a cor- corporal who's coming at you. Or maybe it's, you know, a sergeant. Does it really matter who it is? You just need to know it's an enemy. Now, where it might matter is if it's like a colonel and you're just a private. Mm-hmm. If it's a colonel coming at you, you know, a, a higher spiritual power, that then your tactics change. You know, you're not going to come at it with just your regular rifle. Then you're going to get on your radio and call for reinforcements. Yeah. So... You know, if it's a higher spirit, like a watcher spirit or something, territorial entity, you know, my my concern was when we worry too much about what the creature is, we we start ministering to that creature. How do I pray against a specific spirit? Do I get its name or do I what do I do? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like we're called to minister to humans. Not to spirits. That's right, and yeah. it's easy to get caught up in the hierarchy of the of the spirit realm. Because I can only understand all of it. Seers don't understand all. Of it. I have people describe you little little minute, little small creatures, and 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 so I think it's just easier to bring the thing under the authority of Christ and get it out, as because yeah. you are you're an ambassador, you are a representative of Christ, and so you have some authority. Now, these higher order spirits, territorial things, we're not called to minister to them, meaning you don't see Jesus praying against the demons of Rome. You don't see him praying against the gods of Rome. He didn't go against Mars. He didn't go against, you know, he didn't even go against Baal. He went after people. And the best way to topple a territorial power is to convert humans, people, your neighbors. It's to get yeah. it's to get revival going, you know, and maybe it's intercessory prayer, and, you know, and it's not just just alone. Now there are caveats, there are examples that, you know, there are exceptions. Sometimes the Lord is doing something and He calls somebody to pray, sort of a higher order prayer, but that's just the Lord's doing it. Too many Christians get ahead of that and they they go after themselves. They they go after higher things themselves when really they they need to go after their neighbor. <laughs> you know, they need yeah. to go after their 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 uncle or their coworker or their spouse. That's who they need to be ministering to. Could you start That's converting right. people and you see nations get you see nations you see spiritual powers toppled. So, exactly. Yeah. And, I know, think these uh these territorial spirits rely on the numbers of people they've got under their control. Yeah. So like we, a drug spirit. You know, I I did a house cleansing once where the Lord revealed that we there was a drug uh, principality over a small town who was taking court 
holding court in the upstairs, the attic of uh, someone's house. And the Lord's like, well, you're not going to topple that. You can you can have it leave the house. He's just going to go somewhere else. The t- yeah. way to topple that drug spirit is to set people free from drugs. And how do you, how do you do that? Well, there's lots of different ways. Lots of lots of ways to do it. Spiritual warfare is some of it. But you have to minister to the humans to get them set free, and that profound is going to leave. Yeah. So, and I think what Tim, I think a lot a lot of Christians want to do is they want to be do something great for Christ, so they pray against the invisible things mm. because it's easy to do. Well, you don't have to front up to a person who might oppose you. Yes. Yeah, I have to love someone who's unlovable, and that's yeah. hard. Yeah. Or someone who's be vulnerable, someone who stab you in the back, and which you know we've all and that's brutal. Uh, but that's our that's what it means to be disciples, just discipling people to yeah. disciple the nations. Yeah. No, I I really appreciate that. I like what you say about. Uh, bringing it closer to home and and making it something that uh, you you can do in your everyday, uh, just interacting with the people around you and uh, trying to see them as God sees them, rather than exactly. trying to look into the spirit world and see, you know, these fantastic experiences and you know yeah. trying to get a thrill out of it. Um, yeah, and so what what do we do when it's you know and I have a seer with me. I want them to tell me what I need to know. So sometimes my, my friend Jerry will tell you if you ever talk to him. He sees so much that isn't really he's not supposed to reveal. Right. Because the person can't quite handle it. But he's he can get enough, he can give enough to help that person find more of God's kingdom and more of God's righteousness. Right. To, to, to give a word or to pray a certain way to help set them free. A freer so they can pursue the cross, you know, pursue the Lord. Yeah. And I had a, a seer friend, a young, a teenage, a high schooler student who used to walk through the school. And she this is a bunch of years ago. So this person is not in high school anymore, but she would see demons following students and she would pray against those demons. I don't know if they're demons, but she saw dark spirits following right. students. And she would pray against them, and then they would attack her, and she would get sick all the time. She'd be sick all the time. And I, she asked, what do I do? I, I, what good is this seer gift if I can't use it like this? I was like, no, 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 no. Don't minister to the spirit. Minister to the human. Talk yeah. to the person. If you can see it. So, and so an example of what she did next was she went to the shopping mall, saw a demon, like a spirit of depression over someone on a bench. In the past, she would have prayed against that without that person knowing no, you got to tell the person. So she went to the person and said something like, this is going to be kind of weird, but I feel like you're struggling with a spirit of depression. Now, she was being literal. You know, a lot of people are going to take that metaphorically, but she was being literal. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Because she could see it anyway. But And he said, yeah, I am. I, I, I'm, it's awful. I'm a pastor, and I'm completely depressed. Like, wow. Oh, so can I pray for you right now against, against it? Let's pray together. And so she prayed for this, this pastor right there, and the spirit left. Yeah, did it leave permanently? Doesn't matter. I mean, in that moment, the thing left, and she ministered to that man, the pastor, and he actually ministered back to her. But it equipped him better, maybe, to resist when that sucker came back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my point is, yeah. we minister to people. And and he's right. got a congregation too. So I mean, the flow-on effect yeah. of that is huge. Yeah, I mean, we can bind and loose and. You know, I bind like on earth, like it isn't. I, you know, we can say all the words, 
but really we need to minister to the human. That's right. And, you know, and that, and then, but so what was awesome though, she's using her sight to help minister to the human. And that's what seers should be doing. And parents of the, they should inform you like, oh yes, there's a something, though, there's something in the corner. Like, let's get that sucker out. It doesn't belong mm. here. This is God's territory. Yeah. He wants what he paid for. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, you talked about sort of things that you found uh, going on in your house and your experience with your daughter and, and all that sort of yeah. thing. Is, is that sort of what motivated you to write your book? Yeah. So my first book is peace in your house, uh, spiritual cleansing of life and land. And what I found when I started the site, the website is a lot of people were coming to the site looking for a spiritual house cleansing prayer. Right. They wanted a ritual. They wanted a prayer to go through the house. And, you know, the, actually, the, one of the first people was an atheist from, I think, South Africa. She emailed me and said, basically described a classic night terror situation. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't know if you're, I didn't know she was an atheist at the time, but I emailed back. And I don't know if your, your beliefs are, but, you know, say this prayer, gave her a prayer to say before she goes to bed. And then whenever it, you get the attack. It was sleep paralysis, a basic sleep paralysis situation. Whenever the attack comes, do the prayer in your head and see see if that works. And she went back and said, it works. She said, I'm an atheist, and I don't know what to do with this. And I'm like, well, you know, spirits are real. Jesus is real. God's real. And he's calling you in the relationship. <laughs> you know? so that's, yeah. So, yeah. But here's the thing. And I said, these things are going to come back until you get your life right with God. That's right. And so it, it occurred to me over time, people were wanting a shortcut. You know, it's, give me the prayer, the 30 second prayer to set my life free of these demons. Yeah. And so I'm like, no, 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 it's not a prayer. It's the presence of God, it's the mm. power of God. It's relationship with God. It's it's bringing everything in your life under God's subjection. It's yeah. that's when you experience his true free to the true peace, the shalom, the dynamic peace. Christians often think of peace like a Hindu, you know, or you just think, you know, home, you, you're just sort of nothingness. God's, yeah, but God's peace is active, dynamic. It's powerful. And so yeah. the book started with me just trying to describe the gospel and, and, and maybe a different way. And what I thought of as a better way of thinking about spiritual things, the divine council worldview, the um, the domain of darkness and then the story of, of God, you know, the story of the Bible um, from a spiritual perspective and our place in it, finding God's kingdom, uh, finding God's rule and God's will. And then and, and how that means. So if you if you sort of figure out the gospel and you can apply it to your lives, that's the first two thirds of the book. And then I talk about. You know, well, what are demons and what, you know, it's, you wrote 500 pages on it. I have like five, you know, and what are, <laughs> you know, what, what are ghosts, you know, are they actual disembodied humans or what? And what are, so I, I wrote a few chapters on that. And then I finally got to like two pages of prayers, <laughs> you know, so like, don't skip to the end. You, you got, what I found is if you get the first, if you get the gospel right and you start applying it to your life, that takes care of most of the spiritual warfare. If you stop yeah. sinning, you, know, you start thinking about God things, that takes care of most of the attacks, believe it or not. Because right. the enemy doesn't want to be around it. 
enemy, and I say the enemy, I don't mean Satan. I mean like little demons, little, little enemies attached, little spirits that are, you know, in his domain. They don't want to be around things that aren't sinning. It's just not pleasant for them. You know, yeah, yeah sometimes there are curses and things and there are assignments and you have to break those. But sometimes, you know, but it's just not pleasant for a demon whenever someone is filled with the Holy Spirit and not sinning. If they're filled with the Holy Spirit and sinning, they like that. Yeah. I've gone Something... through walks where I was, yeah, I'm spirit filled and but sinning. Mm. That's okay. I, I'll just don't bring that part of my life under God's rule. I'll deal with that part later. And God's <laughs> like, the demon's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Deal with that part later. Yeah. It's yeah. going to feed on you and torment you. You know, God's like, deal with it now. I, I, deal, I dealt with all of it. You know, so mm. I hope I'm speaking to someone about about that. Well, speaking yeah. to me about it, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think it's true of all of us. Yeah. yeah. And and it still needs to be said. Uh, you know, we all acknowledge these things, you know, internally. Uh, sometimes somebody needs to tell you and sometimes you need to say it out loud and, and admit and, and yeah, and do the thing. <laughs> yeah. The gospel is really good news. And it's just not for after we die. He God wants to set us free now. That's right. That's right. When I when I think about the good that could be being done in the world now by people who are frightened of a little temporary discomfort while I deal with something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good Lord breathe on that that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's see. So we talked about your book, Peace in Your House. Where can people find that? Get hold of a copy. Well, uh, it's it's all the places books. It's probably the same places, you know, yours found. Uh, Amazon's a great place for it. It's Kindle and and a uh, paper version. I am working on another book, specific, more geared towards Sears. So. In Peace in Your House, I had to work out a lot of theology. Because yeah. I was, you know, I wanted a framework to think about spiritual things. And it's, so, you know, some of the people who've read the book said, there's a lot of rabbit trails in it. Yeah, there are, because I'm working out how to think about the world. And that's what I love about uh, this Divine Council stuff. And the stuff you're doing in, in your first season and a half of, just if it helps you think about not just the Bible better, but it helps you think about the world better, mm. and then then you can apply that to how you live. Anyway, the, a lot of theology, a lot of rabbit trails. Now I'm working on a second book called Seer Tribe, Seer Tribe, like a tribe of seers. Right. It's not just for seers; it's for people like me who or who don't see spiritual things, or parents of kids who do, pastors, or just you know spouses, people who. Love seers, but they don't see it, and they want to know what to do with it. And also people who see spirits. And it, it just gives a it's, – it's going to be out this year, and there I'm, I'm saying it, so I have to fulfill it in order not to lie. <laughs> so it's going to be out in 2022. I've been there saying it for two or three years now, but now it's like legit. It's almost done. I just need to edit it and get it published. It's, it's going to be not the deep dive of Peace in Your House, where I have – I have just lots of sources. I'm not a scholar. I'm an academic. So I had to source everything I'm saying in yeah. academic resources. 
Uh, Seer tribe is not so much that. It's going to be just here's here it is. Some people see spirits. Here's how to deal. Here's how to process what it is you're seeing or your loved one is seeing. And oh, by the way, this has been going on really all throughout history. I have a chapter where I, I, I found resources from the patristic period, you know, from the early church all the way through. And it's just English translations because I don't read Latin. I don't read anything else. So these are English translations, but I found translations of works throughout history of Christians who are see spirits and or people who are dealing with them, acknowledging that this is an ability throughout time, throughout history, and it is present now. It's not just some freaky thing now. It's been a freaky thing throughout history. <laughs> you know? and yeah. There's always been someone around who can see, and, and they're often afraid to tell people because they'll be accused of all sorts of interesting things. Mm. Being a witch or being crazy. Yeah, usually those two things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had some uh, interesting mud slung in my direction since I started uh, going uh, public with my work, actually. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Washes right off. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know... Yes. I know it's scary for people who have had this all their lives and they've never told anyone, or they have told people and they've been kicked out of their church, which happens a lot, incidentally. Mm. Um, I'm sorry if you're listening and that's you. I'm sorry that happened. That was not God's heart for you. It's not God's heart for that church. You are a gift to the body. That's right. And you need to be mentored, you need to be discipled, and you need to use your gift wisely. The church needs to use a gift wisely, not as a weapon against yeah other humans as a weapon against the enemy exactly so yeah if if that's you and you've been uh told you're not welcome at your church uh, don't just sit there find another church <laughs> yes yeah. there are some and you know some of them are, will be like oh my gosh yay you know but, but you know i hope i hope that's not the case you oh my gosh yay it should be treated like any spiritual gift any gift uh it yeah. should be revered and protected and honored and uh you know we honor the pastoral gift a lot in the western church but there's other gifts available that have been made that's right you can't make a body without all the parts right yep okay well i think we'll wrap it there um it's been a pleasure talking to you doug and uh, i'm sure we're going to do this again so uh thanks very much for uh giving us some time after a, a long day for you with yes with, that's uh, awesome yeah thank you for giving us your time and your insight and uh once again it's uh csc.com to find doug's work or you can go straight to raven creek social club where you find this podcast as well as many others and uh, again uh, doug's book peace in your house is out now and we're looking forward to the new one coming this year okay so that's a wrap for uh, the answers to giant questions podcast this week we'll see you next week when we get back into genesis 2 and we will start looking at the introduction of the woman into the story of scripture see you then it's time to wrap up today's episode But if you want more, don't forget to get yourself a copy of Answers to Giant Questions.
questions. We're asking readers to please leave a review of the book on Amazon or Goodreads to help it become more visible in search results. Even if you just give it stars, that'll help. But a full review is certainly really appreciated. Please also leave a review of this podcast wherever you found us so that new listeners can find us here on the show. In the future, we want to be talking about your stories as well, not just our own. So if you have had a particular paranormal or spiritual experience, we want to hear from you. And we're also looking for your testimonies about how you have found the content and the answers to giant questions to be helpful and or useful. Of course, this podcast comes out every week, but you want to make sure you never miss an episode. So if you haven't already subscribed, do that now and you'll get notified when each new episode drops. That's all we have time for today. We'll catch you next time on the Answers to Giant Questions podcast. Thank you for listening to the Answers to Giant Questions podcast, a production of the Raven Creek Social Club. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate or review the show. Music supplied under copyright by Grave Forsaken, graveforsaken.com. You can get the book Answers to Giant Questions by TJ Stedman on Amazon in paperback and Kindle format. Check out the other podcasts at ravencreeksc.com and go to giantanswers.com for more Answers to Giant Questions. Read the blog and catch us on the socials. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about the show. Send us your giant questions and stay tuned to this podcast to get answers. We'll see you next time. Until then, stay safe. God bless. I'm okay looking awkward. Uh, yeah, oh, that's good. That's good. I, I just, um, you know, I, I want people to I think to it's encouraging. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. Actually, I was talking to uh, Derek Gilbert the other day. Oh, yeah. Um, for the first time, actually. And that was really? well overdue. <laughs> yeah, he's... So I'll be on okay. VFTB. The current episode that just came out was uh, a roundtable with... A few other guys. Uh, we have uh, Doug Van Dorn and uh-huh. Judd Burton and Brian Gadawa. Uh, yeah, uh, those are good. That was a really good episode. And yeah, Derek closed that one by saying he'd have me on next week. So uh, looking forward to that one. And that was actually a really good discussion. I'm, uh, I think I'm going to hit Derek up and say, hey, chuck me in on the next one. I've got a few things to say about that. But <laughs> that was good. Yes. I take a lot of my notes by uh, dictation, and the um, the phone hasn't really got the hang of my accent after years of using it. In my notes, I said uh, answers to giant questions, and I got answers to joint questions. <laughs> I'm not sure that I want um, to ask questions about joints. When I so I was I got to visit Australia about ten years ago for work, oh, yeah. and uh, in the other half of the other part of the country, yep. flew into Sydney and then up to Brisbane and back down to Sydney. And that was back when we used Garmin's. Oh yeah. And I and so the Garmin of course had the Australian accent, which oh, right. to you is an accent. It's just your language and i loved it so when i got back to the states i changed my garmin and then now my even my siri and my phone to to the accent you'd actually you'd be surprised because i was surprised when i asked people like when i was first getting the idea to do a podcast i was asking people you know do you think that's going to be okay because i'm australian and like most of the listeners are going to be american and the overwhelming feedback that i got was people going, you know what? I set my sat-nav to Australian accent. <laughs> I know what's going to happen if I ever get lost in the bush with a bunch of Americans. They're going to turn to me and say, well, you've got the accent. <laughs> get us out of yes. here. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny.
I'm in contact with Carmen Imes from time to time. And Mm -hmm. when she announced on Facebook that she was going to do a live chat with Dr. Walton, and I think she studied under him in the past. She's the uh, image, like image bearing. Yeah, that's the one, bearing God's name. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, she said it's going to be a a live Q&A and you can submit questions and I will ask them to Dr. Walton. And I was like, well, it's the wrong time zone for me, but can I send you a question to ask him? And, and she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Just, you know, put it on, uh, in the, in the comments on this, uh, Facebook post and, and I will ask him your question. Uh, so I did that and, and I said, um, you know, we, we often use figures of speech, uh, knowing that you can't take them literally. Right. Do you think that ancient people did the same thing when they talked about their cosmology? Right. If they say the sky is a solid dome, do oh, they right. mean it? Mm-hmm. Or are they just saying that because it's a vehicle to communicate some other truth, you know? And and Walton's response was, oh, they they definitely believed it was literal they they definitely believed the dome in the sky was literal because we have pictures of it in martin luther's bible so so <laughs> up until then they believed it for real and That's i'm going well strange. if it's in luther's he, bible <laughs> yeah uh, yeah like yeah. of all the I things to say luther's bible i know like, i know dissertation on it and that's really funny <laughs> oh if lutheran's an authority then it must be okay yeah. you know that sort of thing yeah. it was that's funny because um then carmen sort of prodded him a little bit with some further questions of her own to try and sort of uh reinforce my point and yeah <laughs> and uh and yeah he, he just kind of doubled down on it he was like oh no no you know they 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 definitely think these are real and why else would they speak in these terms and i was just shaking my head because he's going uh you've got to pay attention to the literature and i'm thinking to myself you're a textual scholar and you don't realize when you're reading poetry like what (laughs) yeah right yeah i was like wow yeah Uh, i'd never seen anything like it i was i was blown away and i mean i've got to admit um when I did my um, first season of the podcast and, you know, it's all Genesis 1, it is a lot of cosmology and a lot of it I did derive from Walton's work. But uh, I yeah. definitely uh, think you've got to be sensitive to um, mm-hmm. features of the of the text as, as far as uh, genre, oral communication. The Bible is written to be read aloud and to be listened to because not everybody mm-hmm. had a Bible, especially when it's coming out of the mouth of the, the first person to utter those words. Uh, so you make it memorable yeah. and you use language that people will grab easily and remember. You speak in common terms and you use expressions people are familiar with. And if you're going yep. to do that, you're going to fall into cultural idioms and figures of speech and ways of saying things that you know people don't take literally.